0: Returning to the program, as promised at the top of the show, is our very own sports correspondent. We we feel on this program that sports transcends being a mere uh, uh, physical activity and is actually a legitimate topic for (laughs) public affairs. And that's why Sean Mitten is returning to talk about this weighty, the weighty matter of international sports. Welcome back, Sean. I'm sorry. I thought we were talking about dark matter versus light matter today. <laughs> I must be leaving immediately. <laughs> no, we thought we would leave the physics to another day. <laughs> okay. But um, follow my lead on this one. I've got a, a paper in front of me. It's actually, uh, it's actually an excerpt from The Week magazine that starts out as follows. Why don't Americans love soccer like the rest of the world? Asked Peter Gilbert in Warsaw's Rzez Politka. It's one of the great mysteries of contemporary sport. Now, I don't find it to be very mysterious. Do you? Americans have always done
1: things differently, and I think we've always kind of been ahead of the curve. We like things fast and furious. We like instant replay. We like cheerleaders. We don't ni- necessarily like getting the crap beat out of us when we're
0: at a sporting
1: <laughs> event, so I think there are lots of reasons that soccer will probably never catch on in the United States.
0: Well, as you know, as we can report, the World Cup finally came to its long, drawn-out... Uh, is that over? Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. did we win? Uh, no, we did not.
1: <laughs> oh, dang it.
0: Yes, World Cup mania did not catch on here domestically. Again. Although the rest of the world seemed to have converged, you know, in mass to to see what was going on in Germany, the host the host nation this mm-hmm. year. Yep. Americans are pretty much, uh, you know, shopping as usual and ignoring the <laughs> like whole event. There's some great commercials on
1: ESPN with Bono talking about how Nations have stopped wars because of the World Cup, and peoples have banded which together. Which ones? Which,
0: which nations uh, were those?
1: Mostly ones I couldn't pronounce, I'm sure. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, it's a big deal to them, and you're right. I mean, I, I had my opportunity to watch either the uh, the singles final at Wimbledon yesterday or some World Cup
0: action, and I chose the, uh, the former of the two. It was no contest. Well, let's take a slight digression to talk about an actually interesting sport to watch. Okay. Tennis. Tennis, I mean, even for someone who's not a tennis player like myself... I have to admit, it's It's very fascinating to watch those guys go at it. I don't find tennis as interesting to watch these days as I used
1: to in the past because of the equipment that is used now and the strength and the finesse and the athleticism of all these guys. Um, you know points are ending too quickly everybody has a big forehand uh, you know there were the back in the days of Rosewall and Laver and and some of these guys where you actually had to have some finesse and some smarts and you had to be able to you know they were using wooden rackets back then so if we were watching Rod Laver back in the 60s he's saying
0: the rallies would have gone on longer they
1: would have gone on longer it, it, I mean in today's fast-paced world rallies like that would put people to sleep the ball would go back and forth 13 14 times at Wimbledon if you see uh, these days if you you see a rally of more than three or four strokes, you've just witnessed a
0: minor miracle. Really? Yeah, absolutely. I'll be darn. Well, nevertheless, as, as we say, um, I can see people turning into Wimbledon. I can see people watching this. It is, uh, it's engaging. On the other hand, people asked me if I was going to watch the final of the World Cup, and I said, what, to watch the grass grow on the field? Because that's about as interesting as the play. I mean, I guess that's terribly biased from my part. You know, if I
1: had to try to think of one word to describe World Cup soccer, honestly, that word would be Fakers. (laughs) Fakers. <laughs> I have never seen guys willing to take a dive for such minor infra. I mean, you look at a guy the wrong way, he'll go down like you broke his ankle. It's the most frustrating thing in the world. And then it's always a very subjective call from the from the umpire or the referee or whatever they're called to raise the red card or the yellow right. card. The entire or- match
0: seems to hinge on one guy's decision in one instance. That's what because that's absolutely, you're absolutely right, Doug. Because yeah. no one's scoring because you're playing. <laughs> they're playing I, I, nineteen ninety four, we told the story before, but I was coaxed in a visit to LA and watching the World Cup final wow. between Brazil and I guess it was Italy. Mm-hmm. And I watched ninety minutes of kick the ball up, kick the ball back, <laughs> kick the ball up, kick the, to a zero to zero tie. They then played 30 minutes to a 0-0 zero zero tie in desperation to end the thing. I guess they could have flipped the coin and said winner winner takes all, <laughs> but they did this penalty kick thing. Well, the same thing happened this week. Right. They right. played to a 1-1 tie, and in desperation to end the damn thing, they did a penalty kick thing.
1: And you know what? If you talk to anybody in Europe, they'll say that's that's the most exciting thing you could ever have in a soccer match is a, a tie score and then a, a penalty kicks at the end. I mean, bar none. To, to them, them, that's desirable. To them, that's like um, someone kicking a last second field goal in the Super Bowl to win the game it's just it's just that has that much emotion um, they just care about it that much. You know what? I was out shopping yesterday. I'm not going to lie to you. I, you know, if you would have sat me down and said, Sean, you know, I asked you to watch the World Cup, I would have said, Doug, I'm sorry. You don't pay me enough to watch the World Cup because you're right. It's 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 boring. We'll never catch on in this country. To get back to your original point, soccer will never catch on. It's going to be like the WNBA. It's going to be the ugly stepchild to every other sport because it just uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't address our needs for, for, for things to happen immediately. The replays are slow. The only interesting thing in soccer is when someone really gets hammered in the groin. Other than that, you're right. It's kicking the ball back and forth, back and forth. It's, well-
0: it's very boring people are people keep thinking that it's going to catch on in America. Uh, soccer is the second most popular team sport among American school children after basketball. People keep thinking they're going to get hooked by this, but they mm-hmm. just don't seem to be hooked. Can I
1: say another word to describe why soccer will never catch on in America? Please. Chicks. <laughs> The fact of the matter is the best athletes are going to play the highest profile sports. And that's not to say that uh, some of these guys that play soccer are not great athletes, but you put them up against a Michael Jordan or any of these, you know, any of these superstars in America and the fact is, when you're in high school and you're in college and, it you know, are are the cheerleaders and the uh, good-looking girls, are they going to go to watch you play soccer or are they going to go watch you play basketball and jam a basketball? There's absolutely no contest. They're great athletes, but they're second-class athletes as far as
0: I'm concerned. Well, you bring up an interesting point because when I was a student at this great institution back in the Pleistocene era, wow, there there was a, uh, a really good, a really notable soccer star playing on the UCD team. He was... Uh, He was getting a lot of attention for his soccer ability. Well, I went to attend an Aggie football game one night, and he turned out he was also the kicker Ah, on the football team. And this guy kicked the ball, and everybody kind of went silent because this guy had a cannon for a leg. (laughs) He was unbelievable. And he wound up playing. uh, His name was Rolf Bernerski. Oh, yeah. He wound up playing uh, for the San Diego Chargers, had a very successful uh, NFL career. He was literally the last person taken in the NFL draft that year, (laughs) probably because he was from Davis, but he turned out to be, you know, really well, but your point is well taken, he didn't play professional soccer.
1: Well, there was a league, the MLS, uh, the original version of that folded back in 1991, Uh, Seattle, when I was in Seattle, they had a team, the Sounders, and you could go to one of those matches and literally pick any place in the entire stadium to sit. You know, you could spend five bucks to, to get a, a, a seat in the nosebleed sections, but, you know, within five minutes, you could work your way down to the front row. Nobody attended the things because they're just not that interesting, and they do things in America to try to jazz it up. You know, they, they'll play the music. They've got the lasers going. They're doing all kinds of things. It's just... When zero, zero ultimately is exciting oh, to people, God. that's a very sad statement I, I, in our society.:
0: I have to agree. Now, we got a letter from Steve a few weeks back when we were I was I was on a rant about this topic a few weeks ago as the World Cup began. He said, well, when, when they can stop the activity, to have groups of large men yell, Tastes great versus less filling. Right. That's when we'll, you know, we'll see it right. catch on.
1: Well, the other problem with this year's World Cup is there were high expectations for the United States. They were the fifth-ranked team in the world. Oh, really? They were in a tough group, though. Italy was in that group, and, and, and Ghana and a couple of uh, the Czech Republic, some tough teams. But they got their butts kicked, you know, in their very first match against uh, the Czech Republic. And after that, it was all downhill. As players screaming and yelling at each other. If you think about it, you spend four years you know, for this quote-unquote one moment, um, and they just got absolutely snuffed in their first game. And from there, they were clawing and scratching, and just they just couldn't fight their way out of it. They actually had a chance. Had they beat Ghana in their final game, they would have moved on to the next round because some things had happened within, uh, within their group that would have led them into the next round, but they couldn't win that game either. They, Ghana... <laughs> come on! What do they think? A, a population n- of like 65 people, and no. they found 11 of them that could beat the United States.
0: <laughs> well, you do have to feel for the U.S. Uh, again, tanking. <laughs> well, there was there
1: was some dissension there, and and their their coach uh, ended up he's ended up he's left, and a couple of the players are have said that they're not going to come back. So. Uh, you know, I guess we just have
0: to shoot for 2010. Go USA! Well, you've covered numerous sports as a, as a reporter, as, as a news guy. You had a talk show on many occasions. So you're used to dealing with all kinds of different sports. Let me run this one past you. According to Ivo, my Croatian plumber who was listening to this, I discussed this on a previous show, he pointed out that, well, you know, when they play, it's a foul to kick past the defender, you're trying to make a pass downfield. Yeah, it's offsides. How can that be? I mean, is there any other sport like that? Well, hockey has offsides too. So. If you if you if you
1: if you go past a defender, yes, right. In hockey, if you if you are you, if you're past the defenseman and you receive a pass, you're going to be whistled for offsides. I don't. I'm not saying I understand. No it. wonder it's never going to catch on. Yeah, you, you just it's got to be a free for all, and and maybe even has to have a tinge of rugby to it. I mean, something. I mean, Maybe that Montana- one guy uses hands. I don't know, but
0: Montana throws to
1: Rice. He beats his coverage. They call the play back. <laughs> <laughs> how how well would that fly? It's it, it's probably it was probably devised so that scores would not be sixteen to fifteen. And uh, you know that's well, what it needs in this country. Right, Maybe simple, no offsides. Exact
0: simple solution. You can kick past a defender. You can score sixteen to fifteen, and it, it's gonna, We have the answer. I think on Radio Parallax for the for the soccer woes of the World Cup. I think we figured it out. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll start drafting the letter immediately. Good, good. And as an aside,
1: how, how about those Portuguese? <laughs> yeah, okay. I was pulling for the Portuguese team. I uh, was pulling for the whole damn thing to just get over.
0: <laughs> and ultimately, I won, didn't I? You did, but <laughs> I would have liked to have seen those valiant men from Portugal have going into the final, but they wound up actually taking fourth. That's right. They lost to Germany. They lost to Germany in the battle for the, the third place. So. <laughs> Which is, a,
1: Can you imagine getting up that morning and realizing you're playing for third or fourth? That's
0: really got to motivate you. Yeah, I don't know. Get some bragging rights for that. We were third best Woo-hoo! in the world. Yeah, that means something. You remember that horrible ad they ran for? Was it Nike that talked about how you know winning is everything, and you don't you don't win silver, you lose gold? And there was a huge outcry. I just sort of hate that mentality.
1: Yeah, well, you know the Frenchmen are gonna they're gonna go back and get beaten for coming in second. <laughs> There's no doubt about it.
0: All right, now I was I was rather horrified beyond words to have been informed recently that on ESPN they were covering a hot dog eating contest.
1: Well, that was just one of the many eating contests that they were actually covering that How can,
0: in this day and age, they actually give airtime to eating contests? This is repulsive.
1: Well, there's there's the Food Network. Quite frankly, they should be running this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) More than ESPN, I would say. You know, what we we do, I mean, I think as a society is, you know, we, we... we we are the ones who turn this into a a a huge a huge deal the the hot dog eating contest that nathan's has put on they've been doing that since like 1940 and then this guy from japan who eats like 600 of these things in 10 minutes kind of made it an art and and people kind of started following that but you know they've got watermelon eating contests they've got shrimp eating you know if you if, if there's a food out there there's now a contest that you can try to gorge as much as you can in a couple of minutes and you know it's it's everywhere. It's it's catch. It's it's like poker was a few years ago. It's just, becoming it, very popular.
0: It just seems so anachronistic. Stupid. I mean, just, like when we go back to the Roman era with the vomitorium, go to a feast, go vomit it up, and go back to feasting because now your stomach's empty. Well, I mean, then you
1: could weigh the vomit. And <laughs> oh, God, I'm just you know, I'm thinking I'm <laughs> a, I'm an outside the box. Yes, kind of guy. you are. So now they are pretty ridiculous, and they, I from what I understand, the Yamaguchi or whatever his name is, he. He won it again this year. He ate 53 and a half hot dogs in like twelve minutes, and ended up winning by I think about a bun. But it's interesting <laughs> the way he, he eats them because traditionally, when you think about uh-huh. eating a hot dog, you eat the bun, you eat the hot dog altogether. What does he do? He takes the he'll eat the hot dog. He takes the bun, dunks it in water, so it's all mushy, and then just shoves that in his mouth and basically swallows it without chewing it. That's that's how that's the technique. For eating a hot dog fast. It's not just, you know, plowing the whole thing in your mouth and filling your mouth up with a bunch of garbage.
0: You know, I think that may be one of the signs that the end of the world may be upon us. <laughs> guy
1: makes a living doing it. You know what's really interesting about the hot dog eating stuff is you're thinking about some four hundred pound guy who's gonna keel over in the middle of one of these contests someday. And most of these people are fairly svelte and that th- it's just really what they do for a living. They have this ability to to open their throat and literally just shove stuff down like a garbage disposal and <sighs> They, they can actually do pretty good at that plus free well, food i mean come I on, on how
0: can you argue i guess if you want your andy warhol's 15 minutes it's getting <laughs> just getting desperate to find a way to achieve it
1: well i was watching espn about two weeks ago and they had the world champion dominoes on and okay, i really and- thought that was an all-time low because <laughs> that trying to make that exciting
0: that's that's well I, my understanding is that poker is outdrawing tennis poker i i love watching poker i
1: do i i I find it interesting i play online it's 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 because the thing about poker is because the last two world series of pokers uh people who have non-professionals have won the world series of poker Mm -hmm. that's given everybody hope that they can beat these guys so that's why it's become so popular is it's kind of become a you know everybody plays on friday nights with their buddies but these guys uh, have kind of shown that you don't have to be a poker pro to win this thing. The guy last year won $7.5 million for winning that thing. So,
0: My, my suspicion is seeing, seeing seeing poker on cable, it must have something to do with this resurgence of gambling all across this country sure, as, absolutely. as we see Indian uh, casinos operating everywhere. Are
1: there Indian casinos all over the place? Why, yes, there are. I on. had never noticed that. I need to really get out more, quite frankly.
0: Go out to Cash Creek sometime <laughs> and check it out. I always find one of the great disconnects of the universe is the difference between advertising for casinos and reality in a casino. You mean they're not beautiful and they're not always winning? It's always like a Sharon Stone type (laughs) model gleefully tossing her hands in the air in a state of ecstasy because she just won at the crap table. But the reality is you go into this dingy, dark, smoky room where there's... Little old ladies with little cups full of nickels, pumping smoking into, cigarettes yeah, yeah. and their lacquered hair pumping the feed, feeding the one-armed bandit.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, the thing about gambling is everybody thinks they're going to be the ones to win, but you look at, you know, look at what has been built based around gambling. I I'd feel better if I was walking into a shack because at least I would feel like maybe the house didn't have the huge advantage versus walking into the Bellagio and thinking, I'm going to win here, baby. Yeah, I got their number.
0: Yeah, fastest growing city in America, Las Vegas. I wonder why that is. But they're pitching it to kids. I like that. You know, they stopped so family doing that. Friendly... Didn't you know that? No. no. They did that about four years ago oh? and um, um, attendance w-
1: dropped like 30%. They've <laughs> They've actually, they've absolutely stopped
0: marketing to families. Because when mom and dad are there with the kids, they're spending too much time yeah. with the kids doing the roller coaster yep. and not feeding the the one arm bandit. Yep. Yep. Daddy's
1: not not losing his butt playing blackjack if he's <laughs> if he's on a water slide with Junior. <laughs> so Doug, you know the new slogan in Vegas is what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. So that kind of tells you that the concept <laughs> of having the kids come along yeah. is pretty much gone at this yeah. point. Yeah. There's
0: probably not a lot of interaction with the Disney figures <laughs> that are playing into that. <laughs> Sean Mitten, our very own sports correspondent here on Radio Parallax. Always always a pleasure, sir. The pleasure is all yours. <laughs> Let's come back and do a thing on, on, on gambling and, and sports because that is, they're really in bed together, aren't they? Yeah, not? they definitely are. We could talk about that forever. I would love to do that. All right. That's the next topic coming up next month on Radio Parallax. You're listening to KDVS 90.3 FM, Davis, Sacramento. This is Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett. Stay tuned for Segment 3.